All right, we're going to do teaching time, then we'll do small groups. Make sure we're going to cover those prayer requests in our small groups. But for now, grab the your Bibles, look at the book of Ruth, chapter one, and, and we're just going to see what God has for us. Let's pray real quick for that. Father, just in terms, we want to get together in your word and by your spirit, see what you have for us. And then in our small groups, we want to figure out Lord, what we're supposed to do with it. And so, Father, we just ask for your blessing on that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so we're in our Ruth series, week six, finding rest in Ruth is what we're trying to do. We saw, just by way of review, we saw last week, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Elimelech just did what he did to give us an example of that verse. Um, we saw the ways that lead to death, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. We saw the ways that lead to life last week. And that's an amazing contrast when you compare those two things. But, but just in terms of reviewing some different things that we've seen, let's go on here um, next. We've seen so far that the setting for the book of Ruth is at the time when the judges ruled. So a key phrase in judges, every man, there's no king in Israel. Every man did what? Yeah, that's going to turn out well, right? Like, that's the book of Judges. It's just this cycle of, are you kidding me? They haven't learned this yet? And it just goes on and on and on. We saw that Moab, so, so that's when Ruth shows up. That's when Naomi and Elimelech and Orpah, that's, that's when this story takes place, is in this time when it's just the Wild West. Everybody's just doing what's right in their own eyes. Moab, we saw pictures of the world for us, especially the pride of life. You see over and over and over again in the Old Testament, Moab is condemned for her pride. And, and Mo, so lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that's what the world is run on. Okay, Moab, especially what pictures the world is especially kind of the pride of life part. We saw it was a mistake to go to Moab, and although it seemed right to Melimelech to do so, it turned out to be a way that led unto death, and that's what we saw last week. So this week, we're going to move forward. We're, we're keeping going. What we're going to see this week is, is that sometimes people don't appreciate what they're saved from until they go back there, okay? So in other words, you may not know what you're saved from, like we're saved from the sin. We're saved from the world. This whole world's going to burn. We, we got to get off of it, right? Sometimes we don't realize what we're saved from until we go back and spend some time in the world. And that's what Naomi did. Okay, so, so, so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Read verses six and seven with me, if you would. Okay. Speaking of Naomi, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. So if going to Moab is a bad thing, okay, then, then crossing back over the Jordan to the promised land, that would be a good thing, right? So, so you know, if, if the Jordan River is running down the middle of the room, we'd have Moab over here on the east side, 
I got my directions right, east side over here. And then, and then the promised land is over here, Canaan, the promised land. So we've got, you know, this is the Jordan River and actually the Dead Sea kind of separates Moab. You guys are Moabites over here. And then the promised land. Sorry, Wasam. Like, not anymore. That's right. Moab is where, like, was where Jordan is now. So, you know, being our Moabitess, we have our own Moabitess in class. Okay, any, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Okay, so Jordan River, Moab, Canaan, the promised land. So over here we have Jerusalem. And then south, we have Bethlehem, where our story is set, because that's Elimelech was from Bethlehem. Okay, and so they're going back to, to Judah, going back to the promised land to Bethlehem there. So, so that's a good thing that we're seeing. Now, did you look at, did, did you listen or, or look at the sentence structure in verse six? Because you wouldn't have written it this way. I wouldn't have written it this way. Look how this is written. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited its people and giving them bread. We wouldn't have written it that way. We would have said, then, then Naomi heard that the Lord gave bread. And then so she got up and went back there. Do you guys see that? This sentence structure is different than we would have written it. And I think it's poignant to there. I, th I think there's something there. So it starts with what she did. Then she arose. Why did she arise? Well, because of something that she heard. Okay, I'm suggesting that if she wouldn't have risen based on what she heard, then the story would have ended after verse five. Okay, here's our key point number one. We must arise and act in faith, act in response to what God has done and what God has said. This is faith. That's, that's what faith is. So, so, so it does not do a human being any good to hear the gospel. If they don't, what? Trust in it and respond to it and act upon it. God says, arise, look, Christ shall give you light. Like, like you, have to, you have to get up. You have to do something in response to what's being told you. If the building is on fire over there and, and Mitch Dobson runs across and he goes, the building's on fire. It doesn't do us any good to have that information if we don't act in response to it. Let's be like, thank you. Now I know even more than I knew before. I'm getting so knowledgeable. It doesn't do you any good to hear the truth if you don't act on it, amen? It doesn't do you any good to know there's a discipleship class coming up, a cost of discipleship class coming up, if you don't take the class. It doesn't do you any good to hear about believer's baptism if you don't move forward in believer's baptism. It doesn't do you any good to hear about discipleship 
See, it goes, there's the Great Commission says, okay, we're supposed to evangelize, teach all nations, baptize them, and then teach them whatsoever things I've commanded you. It doesn't do you any good to know about the Great Commission and the fact that we are supposed to be discipled and make disciples if we don't actually allow ourselves to be discipled and then be a part of making disciples. So, so I love Naomi's story. We would not have Naomi's story had she not arisen and moved in response to what she heard. Okay. So Naomi arose with her daughters-in-law. Now that's interesting, okay, because they're all widows in Moab. Naomi, so they're over here in Moab, and Naomi is a stranger. Okay, she was. She's been living there for 10 years now. It's, it's kind of home. But she's, she's not native to Moab, but her daughters-in-law are. So when Naomi gets up and starts to come back to Judah, her daughter-in-laws come with her. And I think it's just a simple point we want to make. And this is key point number two, that what we do or do not do affects others. And that speaks to, to the fact that we all have a testimony. Okay. Now, it may be good or it may be bad. Okay? But there's no such thing as a believer who doesn't testify of something with our mouths and with our lives both. There's the testimony of your life. People see a difference in you. And there's a testimony of your mouth. Those are the things that you're able to do and share with others. And I love hearing stories. Uh, I get to hear stories from Aaron and Dave primarily um, just through the discipleship relationship about these opportunities and the fact that, hey, man, my life has changed. The guys that, that at work, they see it. Hey, I got a chance to share the gospel, that sort of a thing. And the testimony of our mouths and the testimony of our lives affects others. Naomi, I, I guess, uh, you know, do you think her daughters-in-law would have moved over to Judah, started that journey if Naomi wouldn't have? Do you think our kids are going to be serious about their faith if, if we don't act and move in response to what we hear? No way. I mean, it is possible. It, it's possible. All things are possible with God. I, just The point is, we want to have a testimony that moves people in the right direction. Okay, number three. For she had heard something. For she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people. Okay, so this isn't the promised land. This is Moab. This is the world. But she heard in the world that God had visited his people. Okay, so someone's talking about what God's doing. Right? Well, praise the Lord. So we should be talking about what God's doing. I had a guy at Lowe's. We're, we're buying flowers. We're in the, the garden section at Lowe's. And, and um, he's like, hey, you should check out the tulips out there and and it was a good deal I, I i bought some tulips so and then we started talking and he's like yeah the world's crazy right now and i'm like yeah, open door there's my open door i'm like yes the world is crazy okay i didn't have much time with him i could tell but i was a I, so i didn't communicate the gospel completely i didn't have time but i did communicate it clearly not no no i didn't 
<laughs> yeah. Other, yeah, right. Not tulip. So that's good. I should use anyway. Um, I communicated the gospel. He wasn't like ready to make a decision, right? And then I just gave him my card, like, hey, check it out, come visit, email me, whatever. Okay, so maybe he, he won't. Maybe he won't accept. I don't know. I did my job. Like the, like I was able to just evangelize and tell him what God is doing is because he's in the world. He doesn't know. Okay. We see evangelism in that. Number four, how the Lord had visited his people. That's the message that she heard. Look at that. Verse six. She heard how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Now that is interesting that the Lord visited his people. Okay, so, so we see Christ in that. Because when you look up visited in your Bible, what you're going to find is that the story of Jesus's birth in Luke chapter one is described as the Lord God of Israel visiting his people. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Verse 78 of, of Luke 1. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. So the Lord visited his people in Bethlehem. Like, we can't miss that, can we? That's talking about Christ. Happy Easter, by the way. But it also speaks to the word of God. So, so in, in John chapter 6, you, you might want to just turn there. Turn to John chapter 6. Because in, in John chapter 6, this is the passage that was so difficult for people. Okay, And, and Jesus is kind of running the, running the Jews off a little bit here. He's making it so hard, they're not going to be able to continue. And, and then it turns out, it was the Gentiles, not the Jews, that primarily made up the church age. So we can look back on that and, and see what's going on. But look at, maybe we start in, in verse 32. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread that came from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and give life unto the world. Verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Okay, and then he goes on to the, like that part's just amazing. Then he comes on to the difficult part. Except you eat my flesh. People are like, whoa, hang on, wait a minute, what? Right? And that, that was, and Jesus tells his disciples, well, what about you guys? Are you guys going to run off too? Okay, go to the next slide for me. So verse, uh, John 6, 63, he clarifies this for it, for us. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. He's like, I'm not actually talking about cannibalism here. This is a spiritual thing we're talking about. Well, we'll clarify that for us, would you? Yeah, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. And so, so, you know, when the Lord visited his people in Bethlehem, the house of bread, and Jesus Christ actually came, it's not just speaking of that certain small 33-year period of time where Jesus was physically there. It also is referring 
to the words of God, and Jesus was a living word, we have the written word of God. So we see both Christ and we see the Bible in this. And this is key point number three for us. The living word is our way of salvation unto a relationship with God. Jesus Christ came. He was the living word. His death, burial, resurrection, and the empty tomb, praise the Lord, uh, pays for our sins, our salvation. And now we can have a relationship with God. Is that your story? That's my story. Okay. The written word of God, okay, is our way of sanctification, okay? And it's our way unto fellowship with God. Okay, it's also, practically speaking, the way that we enter into rest with God. All right, so what, what are we talking about here? All right, Hebrews chapter four. This isn't in your notes, but we'll just, we'll go there anyway. Hebrews chapter four, verse one. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest. And if you should seem to come short of it. Hey, we, you guys are, you have a promise that's been given unto you that you can enter into rest. Be afraid that you might miss out on that promise. That's what, that's what he's saying. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay, the people that heard the gospel the same day you did and they didn't put their faith in it, they're not saved. It didn't profit them. But because you did believe it, you entered into, through your faith, a place of spiritual rest with Christ. Does that make sense? All right, look at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter in. Okay, some are going to enter into that rest. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Who was it that, that rest was offered unto and they didn't enter into it? Israel. Okay, what's the context? What's it talking about? Anybody know? Rest from the law. So, so that is in here. Yes, they, they didn't believe God. So there are people who try to enter into a right, right relationship with God through their works. That doesn't sound very restful, does it? No. The physical picture that's given is from Numbers. Numbers chapter 13 and 14. In Numbers chapter 13, you guys know the story because the 12 spies went in to spy out the promised land. Okay. Man, it's a really good land, but there's giants, there's strong people, there's strongholds. So the, the, the 12 spies came back. Let's see. They went from over here. They crossed the Jordan. They spied out the promised land. Then those 12 came back and gave report. That happens in Numbers chapter 13. In Numbers 14... The people freaked out because of fear. All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that, or, or, or would God we had died in this wilderness? 
And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and return to Egypt. Okay, God had promised them this land. It was the promised land, milk and honey. You're going to live in cities that you didn't build. You're going to bear fruit from trees that you didn't plant. It's just the God already has that place for him. And instead of entering in and believing the two spies who gave a good report, they believed the 10 spies who gave a bad report. They wanted to go back to Egypt. So God said, you're not entering in. In fact, you're going to wander around the wilderness for 40 years until that whole generation who was old enough to whine and complain and fear God died in the wilderness, dies in the wilderness. You guys know that story, right? Okay, so 40, well, actually 38 years later, Deuteronomy chapter one, guys, bear with me, this is going somewhere, okay? Deuteronomy chapter one. So they wandered around in the wilderness and now that generation has died out except for Caleb and Joshua and they're ready to enter into the promised land. Let's see, the Jordan River is right here. They're over here getting ready to enter into the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter one, verse one. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side of the Jordan, in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dishahab. Okay. Verse 5. On this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law. Okay, hang on. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. And now here they are 38 years later after the whole generations died off and they're back in Moab looking over the Jordan River into the promised land again. And that's what Deuteronomy is all about. It's the second giving of the law. In Deuteronomy chapter two, and the space in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we came over the brook Zered was 30 and eight years until all the generation of the men of war were wasted out from among the host as the Lord swear of them. The Lord spake unto me saying, thou art to pass over through our the coast of Moab this day. And, and so, so they're back. So, so just don't miss the picture because because what's Naomi doing? She's crossing the Jordan River, going from the place of from Moab to the house of bread to Bethlehem, the place where the Lord visited his people and bringing them bread, both the living word. We have the written word, but don't miss the picture. You have to come out from the world and enter into the place of promises. You have to leave the place of pride every man doing what's right in their own eyes and enter into the place of the promises. Look, it's not up to me to decide right from wrong. I just do what the Lord has said. Whatever he says, that's what I believe. That's how I'm going to roll. I don't have to do what seems right to me. I don't have to determine what's right or not. He's already given us that. It's the promises. I go from trying harder to do what's right to just simply trusting in him, living according to his word. You go from restlessness to rest. from doing what's right in our own eyes to doing what's right in his eyes. That's the decision. Okay, so, man, 
We don't want to miss that picture verse. So, so, so the last point here on point five, she returned from Moab. There was some repentance there. She finally, you know, like, okay, moving to Moab was a bad idea. Moving to Moab. I'm, I'm ready to go back. Right. She had to, she had to actually change something. And, and in the verse, so that's, that's repentance. We see repentance in that. And verse seven is really just the way of repentance. So back in Ruth chapter one. Verse seven, wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was. Okay, she actually responded. She did something. I don't know if you've ever talked to someone and, and they didn't respond, they weren't responsive and you couldn't, you couldn't get them to activate themselves in response to truth. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. If you've preached, you have, okay? Because most of the time it's like, we are we done yet? It's like, like that was the gospel, and you're lost. It's like okay, she was responsive to what she heard, but then she went out of the place where she was. She went forth out of the place where she was, and okay, now here's a hard part. You guys ready? It takes inertia. Okay, you know what inertia is? A body at rest tends to stay at rest, and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. So whether or not I'm at rest or I'm moving, if I'm over here in Moab, I've got some inertia over here because I've been living for a while. To actually overcome inertia. Okay, for most of us, that's, that takes some work. To change actually is a whole lot harder than just letting things continue the way they're going, amen? She had to be willing to leave where she was to get somewhere new. But she did. She went forth out of the place where she was. And her daughters-in-law with her. Okay, praise the Lord. We see fellowship in there. Yeah, okay. You can just stay there, Dempsey. We, she, there's fellowship. She wasn't alone. There were others who were on the same path that she was. And I thank God for you guys. I thank God I don't have to do this. You know, we sing that song. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Right? No turning back. No turning back. I, yeah, I think we all can sing that. But that would be horrible. If Christine, if, if, if I had a fight with you every Sunday and you wouldn't come to church and 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 then just like ah, uh, how grievous! Some of you you you've lived through that. Some of you know what that's like. If 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 you are from a culture where the minute you accept Christ, you're kicked out of your family, and your father says, "You're dead to me. I don't have a son or a daughter anymore." Like we would do that, but I do thank God for the fellowship that we have in Christ and fellowship one with another. We can't we can break up into small groups, and it's not just like you. <laughs> that's a really small group. Maybe you and God, I get it, but but I'm just, I'm grateful. So she had her daughters-in-law with her. And then finally, the, the last thing here, they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. Okay. So they're strangers and pilgrims now. They're no longer living at home over here in Moab. Now they are on the pathway that leads to the promised land. Okay. 
they're strangers and pilgrims now. They don't live there. They got all their stuff in their trailer, in their U-Haul, whatever. Okay. And they're moving. Okay, just like Naomi was 10 years ago, except now she's moving in the right direction. Okay, and this is what I was saying during the introduction. Sometimes you don't realize what you're saved from until you go back into the world and spend some time there. So I was saved at 14 years old at Bible camp. I did not understand, just like you didn't understand, everything that happens to someone when they're born again. I just said yes to the gospel. And I and became a new creature in Christ. I didn't learn about what that meant for another several years, which is hard way to live, saved but not discipled. Okay. I was trying as hard as I can. I was doing the best I can, hard-headed, right? And just kind of like trying harder all the time. You know, that's how the world works. That's not how Christ works. That's not how I got saved, was by trying harder. But it took me going to a men's retreat at 30 years of age before I realized Christ has already done the work. You can just rest in the finished work and what he said. I'm like, oh, that's way better than what I've been doing, striving in my flesh, trying to perform to a level that's going to please God. That's not obedience. That's, that's not the promised land. It took me spending some time in the world to realize, I, I don't belong here. I don't fit in here. Anyway, strangers and pilgrims, you want to be moving in the right direction. Who's read The Pilgrim's Progress? The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. You, you should get that book and, and you should read that book. They've got like animated versions of it on, you know, Netflix or Amazon Prime or something. You can watch it if you're not going to read it, but it talks about the pathway of the pilgrim. And it's, it's, it's a little cheesy and maybe not 100% doctrinally in line, but it does, it does make a nice point that we are on a pathway and there's different challenges to meet on the way. Okay, so let's break up into small groups here. Go to the last slide for me, Dempsey. And, and what, in terms of our small groups, here's the deal. With our small groups, we actually have goals for these things. We want to work toward a profitable discussion, one that leads to understanding of what we're talking about, or one that would lead to decisions that we can make how to personally apply the things that, that we've heard. We want to discuss what's been taught or preached. However, be flexible. Maybe there's someone in your small group and you just really need to pray because they're Life's upside down. So, so we want to have profitable small groups, work through stuff, but be flexible because it may be you just need to have a prayer session um, or, or give the gospel. Everyone should have a chance to share, but no one has to share. Okay, so no like 15-minute monologues by anybody. Everybody should have a chance to talk, but no one has to talk if, if you don't want to. If it, Like introverts, this is, this is like... This is enough to keep me from coming back if I have to say, right? Like, no one has to talk, but people can if they want to. Let's show mutual respect, one person talking at a time, be good listeners, that sort of thing. And let's make sure we pray for each other. If we've got first-time visitors, I'd love to, to have you meet with Christine and I in a group. I don't think we have any first-time visitors here today, so we don't need to do that. But, but no, he's been here before. Yeah. So let's go ahead and break up into our small groups. And then we've got about 20 minutes.
in our small groups, and then we can close, I'll close us out in the end. If there's something in your small group that everybody needs to hear, we, we'd love to hear that as we wrap up here in a little bit. So you can just turn your chairs around and, and get into small groups where you are. <laughs> 